Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. David, I wanted to jump into a number of things, but the first thing I wanted to talk about is this is going really slow right now for baseball. And, you know, what do we make of that? Obviously, the pandemic and the finances and these things are slowing things down, but this is still moving really, really slow, wouldn't you say? Well, actually, as president of the team, I was supposed to do budgets every year, and I did. So my job was to tell the owner, here's what our revenue is supposed to be. So here's all our expenses. So let's figure out a payroll. But now picture the president of a team going to an owner. How do you know what your revenue is going to be? We don't know whether or not there'll be fans for 81 games, whether or not there'll be full capacity. We don't know where the pandemic's going to be. We don't know when the season is going to start. So how do you tell an owner what the payroll should be? And if there's no payroll, how do you tell the GM who he can sign and who he can't sign? So I think that's definitely a factor in why things are going a little slower. So, David, we had uh, Bill DeWitt III on our station a few weeks ago, and he talked about how right now he's got multiple scenarios, or they have multiple scenarios right now of what a season could look like and how the budgets would work. How, how long into the offseason can you live off of multiple options of what an offseason could look like before you finally have to like dive in and say, okay, we're going with this one? I'd say 12 hours before spring training opens. Wow. That's probably when you want to set your roster, when you want to get your invites, when you got to get players in for their physicals. But this can go a while. And frankly, we could go all the way through spring training before you decide what your payroll is going to be. But it definitely hurts for most of the free agents. It's not going to impact the upper tier like George Springer or JT Realmuto. Uh, or Trevor Bauer, but I'd say the middle-of-the-road guys, much like the player you had, Colton Wong, where the Cardinals said, listen, we can't allocate that amount of money right now to that type of player. Now, David, I was talking earlier about uh, Steve Cohen. Obviously, he's been a bit of a hot topic. He's got deep, deep pockets, and he's extremely motivated to bring a winner to the New York Mets franchise. A guy like that in these times... Is he viewed as someone who could be potentially very, very dangerous because, hey, he's all amped up and wants to get this thing going and has the money to do it and maybe the capabilities of of scooping up everybody? Well, I guess it depends what level of new owner-itis he has. If he is really afflicted by it and wants to just make a statement and then make a bigger statement and then make the biggest statement and try to put the other teams in the NL East into submission, then he could certainly start flexing some financial muscle. But I think he's a smart guy. You don't become a a billionaire by being stupid, right? So I think he understands that he has to take a breath here before overpaying because what he's learned, hopefully as a fan, 
and that's what he claims he is. As a fan, you know that it feels really good to sign players during the offseason, and I would know this because we won so many offseasons with Miami just to not even win 80 games. <laughs> but winning the offseason doesn't matter. And when you've got bad long-term contracts, it can really paralyze you no matter how much money you're willing to lose. So I think he'll take a beat, but I do think that he will get at least one of those top three guys. So then moving forward with that, and let's say that Steven is very aggressive with the Mets and and starts to make them competitive again. Does this kind of change, I guess, outlook for other owners in Major League Baseball, David? Like if Steve Cohen gets success off of this method, does he start to kind of alter the opinions of other owners? No, because he's going to, if he starts spending money, right, like a drunken sailor, when you buy a team, there's a lot of depreciation that you get a lot of tax benefits without getting too technical that you can take advantage of during your first during the early years of your ownership many of the owners who are in baseball have been around for a long time and they don't have those sort of tax incentives anymore to spend so for example the dewitt family they're not going to look at steve Cohn and say oh my god he's raising his payroll we better raise our payroll he's losing x dollars we better be willing to lose x dollars that's not really how owners think what you will have is a lot of owners in the room who will look at Steve Cohn, and if he signs a lot of top guys, they'll root for him to lose. We're talking with David Sampson, former president of the Miami Marlins, host of the Nothing Personal podcast, and you can catch him on Twitter at David P. Sampson. David, I want to bring it back to the Cardinals. You just mentioned the DeWitts, and I, I'm just wondering overall – for the St. Louis Cardinals, how hard is it going to be to put a competitive team out there, right? Because right, they have Yadier Molina right now who's on the open market. Adam Wainwright on the open market. They're two aging players, as we know, but still had very good impact on the team last year. Colton Wong they cut ties with. And the rest is kind of unknown except for Paul Goldschmidt. How do the Cardinals stay competitive? And what is the motivation from the ownership to even stay competitive in a season where you couldn't, you might not even have fans. Well, the Cardinals, I was always jealous of St. Louis. I'll tell you, you guys have the greatest fans in all of baseball. Forget the Cubs, forget the Red Sox and Yankees within baseball. We always looked at St. Louis and your fans as the greatest there are. The downside of that is there's so much money that's made when fans are allowed in that if you don't know for sure what your capacity can be, you know, for me and the Marlins, I would love if baseball said, hey, you're only at 10% capacity, because then it would be like we're sold out every night. <laughs> so it wouldn't really make a difference. <laughs> for someone, right? So at least I'm honest about it. But for people in St. Louis and the owners, that's really a big deal. You're talking about at least 50% of their revenue comes from gate and, and all the money that surrounds gate, like food and beverage and merchandise, et cetera. So for them, they've got to be very careful. They've been so successful as owners. You guys have championship rings. Learning when your window is open and when your window is closed is really hard in baseball, but second only to what you're dealing with, which is how to handle an aging superstar. Because Yadier Molina is not the player he was, and that doesn't take away from the fact that he's going to be in Cooperstown. It doesn't take away from the fact that he's probably on the Mount Rushmore of Cardinals in history, Cardinals players. But he may have a different view of what he's worth, and St. Louis has to be careful. But they've been good about it. When you let Albert Pujols go, you know that you're running a disciplined team. And by the way, that was the right decision. That's 
Awesome. David Sampson with us here on Rivs and BK. Uh, David, I want to stick with that then because, you know, we in St. Louis have been talking about this upcoming season because of the pandemic and because of the uncertainty with finances. People have looked at it as a, a bridge year, kind of getting to 2022 before they can be competitive again. With that being said, as a president of baseball, what do you do in the situation of this season? Do you approach this as, okay, let's stand pat and, and see what happens before we get to next year, or do you try and be aggressive right now? If I'm a DeWitt, I'm probably not going to be aggressive because I'm not trying to win the market. I'm trying to just survive until the pandemic is behind us, until there are enough vaccines, until there's full fans in the stands. But I also think that if I'm the DeWitts, I'm going to be honest with my fan base and ask you guys to just stick with us. We've had quite a few ups. There's been a a couple of minor downs, but the reality is they've done such a great job owning the team. Owners get in trouble when they try to BS their fans and when they stand up and say, hey, we think we're good enough to win. We're looking forward. Come to the Cardinals, come to the ballpark and, and stay with us as we go for the World Series. Wouldn't it be great if an owner just stood up and said, listen, it's not going to be a great year. We're still going to have great games. It's going to be fun. The hot dogs are going to be cold and the beer is going to be warm. So come on out and have <laughs> fun. I think that that would really go a long way in a, in a market like St. Louis where the fans are sophisticated and they don't want to be toyed with or lied to. So we'll see what approach they use. So, David, let me ask you this, because you mentioned the vaccine and we talked about this earlier in the show. And right now, you know, we're hearing that there could be a vaccine sooner rather than later. How much does that news of change plans for owners going into this upcoming season? It doesn't because we don't know timing. So it's one thing to watch the stock market react to anytime there's good news when a vaccine looks like it's, it's working. But we don't really understand how the distribution of the vaccine is going to go. We don't know who's going to get it first, how long it's going to take to get the doses. It could be six to eight months before there's even a small percentage of the population who's vaccinated, even after the vaccine is is ready and approved. So with that level of uncertainty, I wouldn't go to my owner and say, hey, it's a vaccine and it's working over 90 percent of the time. Sign this player, sign that player. I wouldn't do that unless I have the security of like a 10 year guaranteed deal. All right, so David, look, one of the biggest questions we've had on the text line, and people ask us all the time, and I don't have the answers, right? But I'm going to defer it to you. You're the former president of the Marlins. The NBA, basically like a shotgun start. They fire the shotgun, and boom, they've spent record number of dollars signing players right away, yet Major League Baseball is still operating at a very conservative rate, to say the least. And all the reasons you just said, make 100% sense, and it's very clear as to why they're doing it. But then how is the NBA able to go full speed while Major League Baseball and other sports have to kind of take their time? You know, I think that that's that's a great subject. I I was going to talk about that on Nothing Personal today. I touched on the Lakers offseason and some of the moves they've made. There's a lot of shuffling of money in the NBA. So players go from one team to another as players get off uh, long-term deals and they end up moving down to the mid-level exception and then the smaller veterans exception. So you are seeing players sign for what looks like ungodly sums of money. But if you look at the actual payroll of the teams, they're not skyrocketing at all. The salary cap, there's a cap in basketball, and most teams spend to the cap in basketball because players and owners share in the revenue and there's a – system in place that baseball doesn't have so without a cap like in baseball 
And without a floor, the way there is no floor in baseball, there's no reason for owners to get ahead of themselves. In basketball, you've got to sign up to a certain amount, and there's a limit to what you can do. So every owner in the NBA feels like it's a game of musical chairs, and they don't want to be left out when the music stops, which is why there's such a frenzy of signing so early. In baseball, if you miss out on a free agent, you will find another center fielder. If you miss out on a catcher, someone will be catching opening day. And you don't have that urge and that need, for the most part, to hurry up and get someone signed. Because in baseball, when you sign someone immediately, and I did this way too many times, 99 times out of 100, you are overpaying. He's David Sampson, former president of the Miami Marlins. He's a host of Nothing Personal Podcast at CBS Sports HQ. Catch him on Twitter at David P. Sampson. David, that was awesome stuff, man. We really thank you for joining us today and look forward to the next time you can get on here and help us out with some of this stuff. I look forward to it. Have a great day, guys. Thank you. You too.